Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. So this month as a church, we are working through a sermon series uh, called The Values That Make Us. Uh, And if you are part of this church, or if you're considering making this your church home, uh, this series will be incredibly beneficial to you. Or if you know someone who's considering making this their church home, I would recommend they hear every uh, podcast in this series because, well, oh look, there's a hair on my mic. Uh, While there's many things that we value here in this community, like coffee, like not taking ourselves too seriously, uh, there are uh, three distinct core values that we believe is a church that are essential to how we live out our faith. And they're the Holy Spirit. He's the guiding and empowering force in our lives. The honest journey, which I believe Pastor Dave probably preached on last week. I'm sure he did an amazing job. And planted. We dig our roots deep and find strength and stability in being planted in the local church. And this is what I get the honor and the challenge of communicating on today. Um, And as I look uh, in this church, and even when I think about this church, I know a lot of people here don't struggle with the concept of being planted. There are people who have been here 30 plus years. Um, But I really believe that... um, that maybe God has some new language for you or uh, to reignite a passion or a conviction of what we're doing here as a local church. So that is my prayer for you today. So we're going to get straight into some scripture. Psalm 92.12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. And then Ephesians Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place, which God lives by his spirit. So my title for today is Where You Grow, I Grow. Where You Grow, I Grow. I'm just going to pray for a minute before I continue. God, first I just thank you uh, for the privilege to be able to talk about you, to teach your word. I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you that you knew every person that was going to be here today. And I ask God that the things that are directly from you, the things that are the truths that you want people to hear, that those would be the things that stick with everyone today, that resonate in our spirits. God, whether it is a verse, a song, a story, whatever it is, God, I ask that no person would go away without something that they could take into their weeks. We love you so much. It is my desire you become famous in this city, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so I have three, three kids, three young kids, well, two, seven, and nine. And a couple years ago, probably during COVID, we started Friday night family movie night. And it's, uh, it's now a 
very looked forward to thing in our family. We make popcorn, there's candy, my kids get excited about it. And the plan initially was always to start at 7 p.m. because I need my kids to go to bed at a decent hour or else my mental health suffers. Anyways, different story. Uh, but there was an unforeseen challenge in this plan that we developed. And the challenge was connected to this wonderful idea my husband and I had to let the kids pick the movie. We thought that would be special. It was special. We had guidelines and boundaries around it. Um, so we, we thought we'd let the kids to, uh, pick the movie. Now, we have Amazon Prime, for anyone uh, who knows that. We also, at the time, had the free trial of Apple TV. And I also happened to have stole the login to Disney Plus from my sister. So together, these equate to a lot of movie options. Not only that. Every single one of these movies on these streaming platforms have trailers. Now, my kids love trailers. I actually love trailers. Um, but by the time my kids watch the trailers to every potential movie night choice, sometimes twice, it was, in fact, time to go to bed. <laughs> right? They saw plenty of glimpses of movies. They got the general theme of at least a dozen movies. But they never experienced a full movie. They never got the experience of, you know, the character arc and the tension and the rise and lows and the climax and the resolve. The, they never got the lessons that were to be learned. And all this is extremely frustrating and aggravating from a parent's point of view. Uh, I know that I essentially do the same thing, except for me, it's more like I'm winding down in the evening you know, sort of debating what I'm going to invest my final waking moments into. And I start scrolling on my phone. I start scrolling. And lo and behold, 45 minutes has gone by, and I have not engaged fully in anything. I have discovered some pretty funny parenting memes, but it, it was too late for me to actually have engaged in something fully. Like, too late for me to listen to a whole podcast, to watch an episode of a show, to read a chapter in a book. That would be weird. Uh, so it's like I, I would get this variety of surface-level experiences, but I never intentionally committed to anything. And I know I'm not alone in this, uh, because it's hard to commit to anything. Uh, in part in this sort of generation, because we have more options than ever before. Right? If it's taken you over 30 minutes to find, I don't know, a steering wheel warmer on Amazon, it's because you have options. And options are both a blessing and in some ways a curse because it's hard to commit because by picking one thing, you could be missing out on something better. FOMO, fear of missing out. Do you know that's actually in the dictionary now, Oxford Dictionary? FOMO. By saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And this challenge we face in both small things and significant things in our life. It took me uh, over two years of being in university to pick a major. I was so paralyzed by all the options. And I know people feel this way about careers. I have friends in the States and just applying to colleges is like this overwhelming experience. Or in Vernon right now, there's several people that feel so much uh, stress over the idea of purchasing a house. Because what if you commit to buying a house, but next year the market crashes and what you put in the house this year, you could have got a way better house next year, right? Exactly. No. <laughs> or what if you commit to a church, but next year another church starts that has better preaching than yours? 
Or what if another church, there's momentum going and their Easter services are more interesting? What if, what if you commit to a church and the best knitting club in town takes place on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.? Right, but honestly, what if you invest yourself too much into your church and you stay there long enough and it turns out your pastor has flaws or the people in your small group forget it's your birthday or maybe church just feels boring sometimes? And if those are very real possibilities, like, like very real possibilities, <laughs> wouldn't it be better just to sort of keep church life and church commitment on surface level? Right? Can't I just go to church on Sundays until I don't like it anymore? Right? Wouldn't it be better to not really commit and just keep your options open? And to me, this is just like watching trailers of a movie, but never getting the experience that the director intended. To me, it's like going on dates with someone that you're interested in or someone you have a crush on, but never taking the next step of commitment. Right? Being part of a local church is like, so many other things where we really would like the benefit of belonging, but not really the responsibility that comes along with it. But this hesitancy, it doesn't serve us, nor those around us. Uh, in the opening verse, uh, the psalmist uses beautiful imagery to help us imagine uh, what we can be like if we are planted in the right environment. And the right environment is the house of God. And at the time uh, that verse, that psalm was written, the house of God would have meant the Jewish temples. But in our context here and now, the house of God is the local church, right? It's this right here and now, not this building, not the service time, but this community, right? This group of people, right? Being planted in a community of believers, it's not uh, simply a good idea. It was never intended just to be like a bonus add-on to your Christian faith, but it's actually a God idea and a God design. So if you think of it like trees being planted in individual pots, moving to trees planted by a river, that is where we are meant to grow together. Right, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Where you grow, I grow. Okay, let's say it together. Where you grow, Where you grow. I, grow. I grow. And yes, I hate it when preachers do that, but I get the point. <laughs> uh, and before I continue, this message does require some caveats, some really important things for me to get across. Uh, this morning, I'm not trying to convince you to specifically stay in our church for the rest of your life. Uh, I will not be passing out a document at the end of service. There will be uh, no requirements to sign anything in blood. Um, in fact, if you are already part of another church, or God has asked to be planted in another church, to invest yourself in another group of believers, I don't want to convince you to stay here. And it's not because you aren't awesome. It's not because you aren't incredibly good looking. It's because if God has placed you somewhere, if he has placed you there, he's going to grow you there. And there's probably something that you have that that church needs you to bring to the table. And furthermore, although I will continue to unapologetically advocate for being planted in a local church, uh, there are such things as healthy reasons to leave a church. Like maybe the leadership has become distinctly dysfunctional in a ways that there's abuse or unaddressed moral failure. Maybe the teachings become unbiblical. Or maybe it's nothing to do with people being bad. Maybe you just live too far away. 
Maybe you have five kids and they don't have a kids program. Maybe you get married and your spouse is going somewhere else, or maybe you break up with someone. <gasps> Gasp. But there are situations that does require you uprooting yourself, right, of getting back into a pot and then getting to another place where you can be replanted. It's why we don't uh, compare being part of a church to being like a stake driven in the ground and surrounded by cement. No, we're going with planted and our deeds. <laughs> All right, we get it? Yeah, good. All right, now with that said, if uh, Beniah, Jasmine and Ethan's handsome young man, handsome boy, how old is he now? Five. Five, yes. So if he came to Josiah and I, and he informed us uh, that he would like to be part of our family now, I would not be dismissive, uh, but I would ask questions, like are there some really serious things going wrong over there in which he is welcome into our house? Um, but like, is it possible that screen time got taken away? <laughs> Or did your older sister offend you and your parents didn't really deal with it how you preferred? Or did your mom ask you to start participating in making lunches? Right, so in this case, even though Benaiah may be upset or maybe felt like his family wasn't acting in his best interest, it's still going to be better for Benaiah to just stick in the family he's in. Because I guarantee you, a week after being part of my family, yeah, he's going to realize we too have screen time limitations. And that my daughter, Esme, is way more offensive than Aurora. <laughs> and that I, too, will ask him to help make his lunches. <laughs> but the local church, like, it is a family. Right? All through scripture, uh, the church is described in terms of family to help us understand how it's to function. And as Christians, we will function and develop so much better as followers of Christ if we join one family and we stick with it. Because right, if Benaiah switches families every week or every couple months or even every year, it will stunt his growth. Now, will his value as a person change because he switches families? No. Will God love him any less because he switched families? Absolutely not. But without that long-term commitment required to have deep relationships, without time to um, experience uh, wisdom and teaching over an extended period of time, his development and growth will not be as significant than, his, than if he just stayed. And so when you or I, when we leave a church, we're leaving a family. We're not leaving a building, we're leaving a family. And vice versa, when we join a church, we aren't joining a building, we aren't joining a club, we aren't joining a business, we are joining a family. And it's a family that is bound together by the commitment to follow Jesus and by people who have voluntarily put Jesus as head of the family. We voluntarily let him lead. We've positioned him there. Now, in the Bible, there are um, many more comparisons of what the local church is than just a family. There's a whole bunch of different pictures, even as we talked about different names of God, to show us different angles or different sides of what we're supposed to be. Uh, my favorite one right now uh, the bandwagon I'm on is I like to think of the local church as an embassy. Uh, I like to think that when we become Christians, we could become citizens of his nation, right? We get a passport, maybe um, baptism or communions, like waving our flags. And I like to think of each local church as an embassy that represents the kingdom of God in whatever geographical location we are in. 
So C3 Revelstoke, we are an institute here in Revelstoke. This is where we are, but we represent another nation. And we can speak on his behalf and make decisions in the place we're in. So that's, what, that's just a side note. That's what I'm on right now. Uh, but in the Bible, the church also is described as one body with different parts. Uh, the church is referred to as the bride of Christ. Uh, You'd really have to read the whole Bible, especially the New Testament, to get a deeper grasp of this. But since I've opted not to read the whole Bible to you this morning, um, I'm going to list a few points through the New Testament just to remind us of the purpose, the intention, and what the creation of the local church is. Okay, are you ready for this? This is, this is content. This is your content, uh, Pastor Russ. All right, Ephesians 3.9. The local church is meant to be the center of God's activity where he displays his wisdom. The local church is to be a central place where his presence dwells on earth today. Uh, we liken this to the way Jerusalem used to be when Solomon, Solomon dedicated his temple. The church is where God's truth is displayed and upheld in the places we live in. Right? We have been given the task of protecting and promoting Jesus' teaching. We are given the task of protecting and promoting the gospel. Uh, the local church is a group of Christians exercising collective and personal responsibility for each other's discipleship. We are a community of people that God has given the authority to represent him, to make decisions on his behalf. We are a community that worships together. We are responsible in part for the well-being and the livelihood of each other. There we go. I hope those had the references. Yeah, the verse that we've had been brought up a lot in this last week is um, from Romans 12:15. That's rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. There's a lot of that happening on a worldwide scale. And then finally, uh, this last quote is not from the Bible, but it's from a book I read this week that I thought summed it up well. The local church. It's the authority on earth that Jesus has instituted to officially affirm and give shape to my Christian life and yours. Whew. So if this is really what the church is and intended to be, then it's important enough to have significant effect on how we live, on what decisions we make, on how we prioritize our time, on what we do with our finances. Because if the church we are part of is healthy and flourishing, then we will be healthy and flourishing, and vice versa. And when our church is healthy and flourishing, our community gets blessed, and people see Jesus, not just because of what we are preaching or saying, but because of how we are living out our faith together. And when it comes to um, each of the local churches in the cities we're in, each one with its strengths and each one with its weaknesses and flaws— we as C3, we are for them all. We are for local churches. And because we are for local churches, we value you committing to one of them and being planted in one of them. And here at C3, we are all in. We are like all in type of people to a ridiculous level. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Where you grow, I grow. Uh, now, when this topic, when I got assigned this topic, I did giggle a bit, and I thought it was a bit ironic uh, because I absolutely did not understand this concept for the majority of my Christian walk. Actually, how old am I now? Maybe half my Christian walk. Let's go with that. 
to be fair, I did grow up in a home where my parents went to one church. They invested in one church, but I didn't know why. I didn't have the why behind the what. Um, and so when I became a teenager and I started developing autonomy and making decisions for myself, um, I started wanting to figure out where I wanted to go, where I wanted to build uh, my Christian faith. And so I started checking out other churches, church shopping, if you will, or maybe church dating. I went on church dates. Um, and at the time, I did have some requirements I was looking for. I wanted Bethel-style worship, like 40 minutes of heaven meets earth, powerful worship, uh, excellent musicianship, but also very spontaneous. Um, and when it came to preaching, I wanted fresh revelation, very biblically solid, 20 minutes max, and also very funny. Uh, there needed to be good coffee, obviously. Uh, I would, wanted there to be a very strong local and foreign missions program. Uh, and I was hoping all my friends would also end up going there because that would be my community. Ideal at the time, my pre-Josiah days. I was also hoping with a church with a large selection of single young men, but that was side noted. Uh, and during, uh, during my shopping efforts, during my church dating, uh, I did find a church with pretty good worship. Uh, one that uh, had decent teaching. Actually, no, I didn't like any of the preaching, so I started listening to podcasts. But I did find another church where uh, the majority of my friends went to and one with a good uh, missions program. Uh, but the problem was these were three different churches. Uh, but I didn't see that at a pro as a problem. right? Because in my head... We are all ultimately part of God's global church, capital C church, we call it. We are all his sons and daughters at the end of the day. That's truth. That is not heresy. That is true. So why can't I just go to all three churches? And I did that. I did that for quite a while. And it wasn't just me at all. It was um, quite a common thing in my city, in my world. So uh, often you'd hear phrases like, I'm just going to stay for worship today, or I'm just going to come for worship and then leave. And it wasn't because their kid had hockey practice at 1030. It was just because the worship was only part of the church that suited their preferences. Uh, and this was a very sort of normal way of thinking. And so as I sort of continued going to one church for the worship and one church for the community and uh, my CDs of podcasts, which then did transfer to the internet at one point, um, I absolutely will say that I did encounter God in some of these churches and in the worship services. He did speak to me at church number one. Like I did benefit from hanging out with my friends at church number two. I absolutely was challenged and learned a lot from the podcast I listened to, right? It's, it's this thing where, like, if you are a plant in a pot and you get sunshine and you get watered, you will grow. There will be growth. But it's not the healthiest flourishing growth, nor are you able to fulfill the purpose of the church that God designed you to be in. So in hindsight, when I think about it, I'm like, it's kind of like a Christian who is eating healthy, but I wasn't getting off the couch, Right? I attended church, but I wasn't part of a church. So years went by, and I can't say I ever really became part of a church family. I didn't stay long enough uh, to build relationships that could speak into my life or I could speak into their life. Uh, the church that I attended on Sunday never became part of like my Monday through Saturday uh, world. And I'm not, I'm not like, oh, I was such a terrible person. <laughs> um, I didn't know better, to be honest. And in, this was largely a byproduct of the culture we're in, which can be indicated in so many small things. Even the phrases like, let's go to church, or I go to church on Sundays, 
These are sentences we all use, I use, I'll continue to use. But they reflect this uh, sort of consumeristic idea um, that church is a thing you go to, right? That church is a product. That church is essentially a service provider, like a mechanic you go to and it you know, fixes your car, or a gas attendant that fills up your tank. But the local church was never meant to be a marketplace where we pick out the spiritual products that we like. And the irony of this sort of consumerism mindset, especially in my own life, is that although I was ultimately going to church for me, for my relationship with God, for my development, um, I actually wasn't doing what was best for me. But I didn't know better. I didn't know that during my shopping process or during my church dating process that one of the questions I should have been asking was, God, not only do I like this church for me, but what church are you asking me to contribute to? What church are you uh, asking me to serve in and to build up, to invest in financially, whatever? And now I first went to C3 Kelowna a little over 12 years ago. And a thought popped into my mind when I was in that church that I know was a God thought because I didn't have a framework for it prior to that. And I thought something like, I think I could be a part of something here. Like, I think I could serve here. I know that thought was from God because it was at that moment that I slowly started the shift in my mind of being an attender of church to actually being part of the church. And it was the best thing that ever happened for my spiritual growth, for actually outworking my faith. Um, And I'd like to think that by getting planted that the church benefited too. Right? Because it's funny, nothing is ever just about you. And at the same time, it's totally about you. Right? Our faith at its core is communal. My Bible over there, that book at its core is communal. We follow Jesus together. Together, we best represent God to the places we're in. We build his house together. And we're in it for the long haul. We're okay with being planted. In that opening verse, Ephesians 2 Uh, You are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Being joined together, we grow into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Right? Where you grow, I grow. Jess, could I get a little piano? Would that be right? Um... I'm not going to do an altar call that involves you committing to our church, just for the record. <laughs> I was like, "Ho!" Oh. Um, but I do have a few questions for you this morning that I would like you to seriously consider. Maybe write them down. Questions I think it's really important for each individual Christian to think over. And the first question is this. Have I underestimated or unintentionally belittled the value of the local church? How can I start thinking about the local church differently? And if you're listening to this and you're not planted in a local church, what are some things that hinder you from making that commitment? Are you afraid of something? Is there an unhealed wound or offense from the past maybe? What steps could you take to move closer to allowing yourself to be planted in the Lord's house? And finally, if you consider yourself to be planted in a church, 
Can you think of the ways you have spiritually grown or progressed within your local community of believers? How has the Lord used other believers to help you grow healthy? Where would you be at this point in your spiritual journey without the local church? Again, if you are newer and you think this is where you would love to be a part of our family, we don't have an official membership or document, maybe one day. Uh, But it's largely because commitment is a mindset more than anything else. I can sign a marriage document, but if I hadn't committed in my head, it doesn't really mean anything. It's a choice. And if you want to be a member of the C3 family, then show up, (laughs) care for each other, eat food together, go to funerals and birthdays together, get involved, make the decision. And maybe you'll be a part of this church for your whole life. Maybe uh, your kids will raise their kids in this house. We have so many multi-generational families in this church. Or maybe you won't be here that long. Maybe you're just here for a smaller portion of time. I don't know. But for now, I do encourage you to take the risk of being all in, of owning your place in this family, of getting planted, of letting your roots grow deep. Right? Because where you grow, I grow. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.